Well, there's the disclaimer with uh, Mr. Merle Kelch. That means here at uh, 8.06 on this Saturday morning, it is time for us to make some financial sense with Merle Kelch. And Merle, once again, uh, I guess kind of a tradition, joining us on the phone from the uh, Hodeg Festival in Rhinelander this morning. Merle, thank you for uh, getting up early with us uh, this morning after what I'm sure was a pretty good party atmosphere last night uh, in Rhinelander. Well, it always is a party atmosphere up here, but I always have to behave myself on Friday nights so that I can make sure that I'm up bright and early. Uh, many people don't realize, but they say, well, geez, you only get up at 8 o'clock to do the show. No, we get up at 6 o'clock to get ready to do the show. Mm-hmm. So we know what's going on. But, um, boy, I tell you what, uh, last night in here, we're, we're live in the uh, live in the overflow lot here at uh, Hodeg. And uh, but I tell you what, last night, uh, this Laura Elena, um, boy, she's uh, she's good. Heck of a set of pipes on her. She can really sing and good band behind her. So I think we're going to see her doing some tremendous things as the years come along. Oh, that yes. A, uh, Lauren Elena, of course, a uh, she's an American Idol alum, if uh, if you didn't know that. She's had uh, a, a good deal of success. Uh, in fact, yeah. she went to high school with Kane Brown, if oh, you know okay. who Kane Brown is. You yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And from what I understand, I don't know if it's her stepdad or somebody like that in her family is from Rhinelander, if I remember oh, no correctly. Kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, she I, had her mom and her whole family was all up here. And uh, so it's kind of fun. She brought her mom out on, mom out on stage and um, said hello and hi. And her mom didn't sing, but her mom was certainly singing along to her one of her songs. And so it was uh, really neat to see. Yeah. Yeah. Indeed. I, I was I was made aware of her. She did the uh, ESPN college football theme uh, one year. And, uh, and I kind of studied up on some of her music then. But, yes, absolutely. I, uh, You know, had I not had to be here in studio today to uh, to get Making Financial Sense on the air, I may have made the trek up just to uh, to take that show in as well. I may have been. Who knows, you know, Merle, I may have had a beer with you last night if I didn't have to be up here. <laughs> well, maybe the night before we could have said that. Last night I was <laughs> – it was, it was a pretty tame night from my standpoint. Of so. course, of course. Um, you know, guys, a couple of things are, are out there happening right now that I just want to touch base upon is we're starting to get some of the preliminary numbers for what the GDP might be uh, coming up. And and there's all kinds of different things that revolve around that um, as far as opinions and thoughts and that whole bit. So uh, GDP, for those of you that are, that are not there, um, it is called the Gross Domestic Product. And the gross domestic product is kind of measure of where we are as far as sales go in the country. So all the sales, essentially, um, how are they? Are they going up or down? And the general consensus is that if you have two quarters in a row of negative GDP, you're in a recession. And and so we had the first quarter GDP, um, which um, showed that we had a negative quarter for the GDP for first quarter. Um, and, and so we said, we're going into a recession. We just did a recession. But when you look at the numbers of it, there was uh, some some export things that were causing that number to uh, largely, uh, falsely uh, go negative. And, and part of it is the belief is uh, that we had ordered so much supply to refill our supply chain um, that those exports come in because exports act as a detractor or a negative impact on that GDP. And that we just had so much stuff coming in, it just really screwed that number up. So as we're coming up then to, uh, then we look at another number called the GPI, and, and that's looking at um, uh, the incomes and wages and kind of stuff. And so it has the same type of predict- uh, predictions from a different angle. Um, that shows that we're having growth. So as we're coming up into this quarter now, um, the Atlanta Fed um, suspected that they have 
a GPI uh, or expectation of minus 2.1% for the second quarter. But again, the numbers just don't still match up. So we'll have to see what the official number is to come up uh, to look at it and see whether or not um, uh, we have an uh, uh, import and export issue going on again, something like that, to see what the actual number comes. And so when I look at this from Brian Westbury in some of his notes, um, he thinks that the numbers are way too pessimistic, and he doesn't believe that they're going to be accurate because we have new job growth like we just had, which we had 270,000 jobs come up, and the next Wall Street was only expecting 250,000. Uh, we have industrial uh, production up. We have unemployment that's continuing to remain up. Those are all growth signals. And so, I mean, how do you have a recession with a growing economy? It doesn't make any sense to me. And so usually what happens is if we're starting to have a recessionary event, of course, we would have interest rates starting to go down. So the, the general consensus is that we're having a pull and a balance back and forth with stuff still resetting uh, from the pandemic when we shut it down. Um, and things are still trying to get straightened out with supply, supply chain, business, all that kind of things. Um, and so uh, their belief is that maybe the, the numbers might say that we're having recessionary numbers in GDP, but we just don't think that it's there. Um, and it, it, again, it doesn't feel like it. Well, it doesn't go to the pump and you fill up with fuel. Um, but it doesn't feel like we're having a recession where people are just going back to work. We're still creating new jobs. It's all the opposite of what would occur from a recessionary uh, event coming up. Yeah, and that's just what I was going to ask you about because we did have job numbers come out on Thursday this week, and everything looked great. You know, we had President Biden yeah, at the yeah. podium touting that uh, some of the the amount of jobs that have been created here in the last couple of years is reaching record territory as well. Yet it seems like you know we we've still got. Uh, daily, almost daily fears in the markets about recession and other economists yeah, saying, yeah. hey, hold on, people. We might not be uh, out of the woods yet when it comes to this. Yeah, exactly. I, well, I think sometimes there's people in Biden administration that drink a lot um, because it's not new jobs when your jobs are just coming back. They got shut off from a pandemic. That's not new jobs. It's just returning as existing jobs. But, um, but there's record numbers of them coming back so quickly we haven't seen that. But that's all part of, in my opinion, trying to get stuff straightened out once again. You know, if you have a company, you're essentially shut down, and now you come back and now you have to re-employ and get everybody back again and get everybody back up to speed and acclimate and get the learning curves, it's going to take a while. And, and we just did it with a whole economy coming up from the shutdown. So what are we, 18 months or so out or something like that mm-hmm. uh, for when we shut it off? I mean, I still think there's a lot of stuff that's getting back. Some people getting back into the office versus being at home. You know, even our broker-dealer uh, that we do business with, um, they send everybody home to do most of their business and jobs. And there's a number of people that I know. I said, well, I'm not going back in the office anymore. I'm, I'm just going to start working from home and I'm moving to Montana. And some of our officers are like, what? You're doing what? <laughs> uh, so they decide they're going to work from home from Montana because it's, they think it's a better quality of life. I probably can't argue that uh, from living on the East Coast. But, you know, so a lot of people are just changing how they're working. And all that stuff is a dynamic we just didn't know was going to occur as a result of shutting down with this pandemic. So it's all kind of interesting. So we'll see where the numbers come out. Um, uh, when we get them, we'll be able to tear it apart and see if the um, uh, you know, GDP is as it is or if we need to wait for that new GPI number again to pop up and we'll see. So, um, yay. All right, we're done now. Good night. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> oh, that's it? Okay, okay. Well, uh, you know, you, you, you talk about uh, working from home from Montana. Uh, that seems like that would be uh, the kind of lifestyle I would like. You'd be you'd be able to be out there. You might have some mountain picturesque in the background. Uh, you might have a, a nice lake to hang out by and, 
And then on top of all yeah. that, there would be nobody around to bother you. That sounds like my yeah. kind of deal and, right there. And, and now, and now we have the ability to have internet any place. So it's beautiful. So mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, we were just. Indeed. I mean, today's show, once again, being brought to you by uh, Elon Musk and, and uh, his his Starlink. Starlink. We'll, yeah. we'll talk about that coming up in just a little bit, because, of course, uh, Elon Musk did make uh, make some headlines here in the last uh, 24 hours or so. Big news of the day. Yeah, yeah. yeah indeed. Uh, but first, we want to remind you that uh, even though Merle is live on location from the uh, mobile office up in Rhinelander at the Hodeg Country Music Festival, we can still take your calls here live on air at 715-845-2155. So if you do have a question for Merle, uh, you can go ahead and give us a call and we will uh, connect you through the magic of radio here at 815 on this Saturday morning. We are making financial sense with Merle Kelch. We'll be back with more after this. 834 on this Saturday morning here on AM 550 FM 99.9 WSAU. We are currently sitting at about 63 outside the WSAU studios. Uh, taking a look at outside, we are under mostly sunny skies. We may see some cloud cover later on in the day. As we warm up to a daytime high of 81, looks like a fairly so or fairly calm wind throughout the day as well, and a fairly good weekend, especially a, a good weekend for Hodeg up in Rhinelander, and that's where uh, Merle Kelch is joining us live on the air here on Making Financial Sense on AM 550 FM 99.9 WSAU. Merle, uh, general rule is at some point we get rain uh, for Hodeg and things become a mess, but it looks like that's not going to be the case this weekend. And if things Boy, become a mess, fantastic. it's for other reasons. Yeah. I, I, in fact, uh, they were saying on the news last night that uh, today might be one of the best days of the whole year in regards to temp and dew point and everything else. And so we're going to be enjoying a great day sitting outside in a chair and enjoying it. Can't wait. Yes, indeed. So when I know you had uh, some real estate news to talk about. I know one thing uh, yeah, for real estate was... Uh, we had interest rates actually going down for uh, for mortgages and things like that. Uh, are we maybe seeing some sort of a correction there with the market? Yeah, well, the mortgage rates actually went down. That's the uh, short term. It's not going to continue that way. Um, I think uh, with the jobs report showing that the economy is still relatively strong, we're going to see Chairman Powell um, and the Federal Reserve increase interest rates by three-quarters of a percent here in about three weeks and probably again in September. So that's going to force those mortgage rates to like further. So, folks, there's a, a thing on MarketWatch.com that I uh, read almost every single week, and they call it the Weekend Read. And it's 10 or 12 articles um, that talk about various sections of what's going on from various different looking at it, from, from retiring internationally to um, uh, uh, working in the U.S., what's going on in the stock market, what's going on in different aspects of the economy, that type of stuff. There's got all kinds of stuff. And so in there, as I was reading it this morning, they had a whole section on real estate. And in real estate in itself, um, is okay, but what it does is this tends to be a pointer for us and letting us know where things are going on the effects. And in here is an article by Clinton Portrell. It says, fewer signed contracts, fewer bidding wars. A grim slowdown on Manhattan real estate may be a grim warning for the rest of the U.S. housing marketplace, is the title of the article. And so in here, what I want to touch base upon are two different things. And one, as you said, mortgage rates. So as mortgage rates tend to, to go higher, uh, we'll probably see that uh, the housing market cool a little bit. And what I mean by cool a little bit is that we're not going to stop building them, I don't think, because we need houses in America just because of scrappage um, and with the future generations coming up and needing housing. 
we uh, you know we were already behind the game before the pandemic and essentially shut off during the pandemic. And with supplies and everything, it's, it's gotten a little odd. Um, so we're still going to build houses, but we're probably going to see the prices come down. Um, so we're starting to see some of those things happen on the East Coast um, uh, and the West Coast, and we're going to start to see it having an effect here um, inside of the central part of the, uh, of the country. So when, six months, a year, I'm not exactly sure, but it tends to be that way. It tends to start on the coast, uh, come into us. We'll probably see real estate prices starting to come back down or cooling off. So I say that at the same time that interest rates are going up and it might actually exaggerate or accelerate uh, the prices of housing coming down. Now, that said, another article that was part of this whole batch in the real estate section we had was talking about arms um, or you know, annually renewable, um, oh, adjustable rate mortgages, annually renewable. Sorry, different arm, um, <laughs> but adjustable rate mortgages. So right now, um, you might look at it and say, well, geez, I can get a, you know, 4% or 5% mortgage, but it's an adjustable rate mortgage. So if interest rates go up, I'll pay a higher interest rate. Well, yeah, that's not what you want right now. Um, I would contend that you really want to set it up since you're getting a 30-year mortgage. Even if you're paying four or five percent, folks, that's not a bad mortgage rate, especially if you go back to you know the '80s. You remember what it was like in the early '80s. So, Mike, you may not know this. My first home, I had a 13 percent interest rate on uh, when I bought my first house. I mean, that's just what the rates were going at that point. But mm-hmm. so, so that said, interest those interest rates are still pretty good. Also, a real estate friend of mine had talked about there's a number of banks that are out there that are doing some interesting things with arms, and I think I have it what he said correct. He said somebody had a arm, an adjustable rate mortgage, uh, but it was fixed for the first 10 years. Well, a 10-year adjustable rate mortgage, probably not all that bad of an idea because the probability would be is that as interest rates are going up now to fight inflation, they're going to come back down again. And if you have an adjustable rate mortgage, um, uh, that would probably be okay. So make sure you watch that. Um, Along with it are CDs. We have some Clients will call and say, hey, my bank is offering me a CD of this rate. Is that good or bad? And I wouldn't lock up any CDs, folks, at even more than 2%. For the same reason, we look at adjustable rate mortgage interest rate. Um, because if we lock up a CD, let's say a five-year CD at a current interest rate, well, interest rates are probably going to go higher than that over the course of the next year, and we're just locking ourselves up to a lower interest rate if you're doing like a five-year CD. And I wouldn't do those much more than 18 months or two years at most um, at this point in time. Yeah, and the the other thing uh, you kind of perked my interest in there in asking or in talking about uh, mortgage rates and things like that, uh, you say maybe taking out an, an adjustable rate mortgage, but the rate is locked in for 10 years. Well, what if you've maybe got a plan that says, okay, I could possibly pay this mortgage off in 10 years, especially if you don't have any sort of prepayment penalty then. Uh, would that be something to look at, or would that be uh, as yeah. something where maybe you might want to consider something else if you can get a better rate? Yeah, I mean, you might get a better rate using an adjustable rate mortgage. That's normally what occurs. So if you get the adjustable rate mortgage, but they're going to keep it fixed for a 10-year period of time, and you pay it off in 10 years, you're getting the best of all worlds. You're getting the better interest right now. <coughs> Excuse me. But, at of course, that time, means that... that means you've maybe sat down and looked at it and said, okay, I'm in a position where this is what I can afford to pay off over a 10-year period of time uh, because not everybody might be in that spot. Yeah, and and the financial calculators are real easy to find online or you can ask weird guys like me that actually have these things on their phone. 
um, you can actually go through and adjust with a given interest rate and tell you what it's going to cost you to pay for your house or have it paid off in a 10-year period of time. But if you can get that 10 years during that peak, fantastic. That's our, that 10-year period of time and pay it off, that's fantastic. The best of all world. Yeah, well, one thing I've found is uh, Credit Karma, the website. Of course, this is not an endorsement for them, but they're pretty good about that as well. They've got all kinds of credit uh, calculators on there. You can say, if I've got this uh, interest rate and I've got this kind of a loan, how quickly will I pay it off if I pay, say, an extra 20 or $30 a month on this as well? Because, you know, for a lot of those loans, obviously, there's no real prepayment penalties. And uh, the only thing you're going to do is then save yourself some money if, as long as your budget can allow it. Right, right. Yep. He um, is... It's always... Go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say there's another trick that's in there for mortgages. Um, you could take your 30-year mortgage, for example, um, and this is something that's real simple to do. You can take your 30-year mortgage, you take one extra payment a year, divide it up into the other 12, and it'll take your 30-year mortgage to 23, and for most people, you never notice a difference. Wow, that's uh, that's. I think you just uh, taught me something there. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> Indeed, he's Merle Kelch again, live uh, on location from Rhinelander and the Hoday Country Music Festival. Although, don't uh, think that uh, because we've got the phone lines tied up with him that we don't have an open line for you as well. Because we do seven one five eight four five. 2155 is the number to call. If you've got a question for Merle, feel free to give us a call and uh, we will get you connected uh, with him as well. Uh, before we take the next break, uh, Merle, what is the schedule today uh, for Hodag? We already talked about who you saw last night. Who are you looking forward to seeing today? Well, you know, oddly enough, I actually do have the schedule sitting inside of my phone. So bear with me. Uh, oh, I don't have it. But not yeah, only does I, he I, have the financial calculators on his phone, but he has the Hodag schedule. On his phone well, as well. Gotta, How did this guy function before smartphones? Oh, Jesus. I had all the little pocket things, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I had all those in there, you know. The pocket um, protector I, as well? Oh, God, I'd walk around with little notepads in my pocket, uh, you know, prior uh, cell phones. <laughs> you know, the one I'm looking forward to today, quite honestly, is I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Jody Messina at 2 o'clock or 2.30. Ooh. So I think she'd be really good. And then... Um, our daughters went and saw Russell Dickerson and thought he was really good. They saw him out on Fox Valley a few years ago, and so he's going to be here at 6.30. And then uh, Sam Hunt, which I like his music. I don't know that I necessarily think it's country, but uh, and we could have a debate about that back and forth, but uh, he's the final show for tonight at 9 o'clock, and so I'm looking forward to see what he's going to do live, so that'd be a lot of fun. Oh, I would, I would uh, argue with you on that until my face is blue. Just like anybody who tells me Blake Shelton is better today than he was back in, you know, 2004 or so. Uh, but maybe we'll save that uh, for the last segment. We do also have uh, some news to talk about. As we mentioned earlier in the show, uh, Elon Musk making headlines yesterday. We'll maybe touch on that a bit as well as we go into the final segment here. Making Financial Sense on AM 550, FM 99.9, WSAU. Right now, though... Chris Conley is going to bring us today's This Day. 8.48 on this Saturday morning on AM 550 FM 99.9 WSAU and online at WSAU.com. We are at 64 outside the WSAU studios right now as we rejoin Merle Kelch live from Rhinelander where he's taking in the Hodag Country Music Festival, living the, uh, I think what the kids would call it these days is you're living the uh, RV life because you're heading out on the road all the time on the weekends, hanging out in your RV and doing all sorts of uh, 
outdoorsy type things. I think they call that living the RV life. I'm not sure, though. You might want to double check on that. You know, uh, uh, Mike, you touched upon something my wife and and I were laughing at yesterday. Because this will now be our, I think, our fourth or fifth week in a row that we're camping, you know, taking a long weekend. Mm -hmm. First stuff that came up, we went to Country Fest with some some bands we want to see for there. You know, so some family and different outings, that kind of stuff along the way. So this is our last weekend for a while. And uh, you're talking about the RV life. And I told my wife, I said, I miss our house life. We were just, we were just <laughs> talking about that. Yeah, you know, we just walk your house. You, you don't have to worry about, you know, generators and gas and, you know, uh, all the other stuff you have to do with the camping the lifestyle. So, but a lot of fun. So there's an article that's out here, folks, I want to touch base upon it. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve Goldstein, the, the article is, says the strategies warn, the strategist uh, that warned investors not to chase momentum at the top now says it's time to be a contrarian. Um, and um, um, what he's looking at in here is what the stock markets have done from when they uh, we had a big drop that went down um, and what happens over the course of the next couple of months. And so essentially went back to 1974 where we see you know, multiple point declines that kind of stuff over six year period of times. And in here, it appears as though, uh, based on his research, I was saying the stock market should do fairly well coming up over the course of the next 12 months and 24 months. He's not saying tomorrow, uh, but uh, that tends to grow. Uh, and so look at that. You know, it, it only makes sense, folks, that, you know, right now it looks like things are on sale. And if we get any sort of indications that inflation is starting to slow, um, starting to slow its pace, um, um, you know, we have a number of economists that say if the inflation gets better, the, the market is too low. If the price stays the same, the stock market is about where it should be. But we should always be investing and looking out and say, where do we think it's going to be in two years or three years down the road? And in that, we might make a pretty good case in saying that the marketplace is currently on sale. So, again, something we want to talk about or you want to talk about uh, with your financial professional and see what direction they want to go and uh, what direction they want to go with you and your portfolios. Yeah, indeed. And as I've said before on this program, when you're doing, you know, especially what most people do, which is the easy automatic investment, which is the payroll deduction from your account, be that uh, to a Roth IRA, a uh, traditional IRA, a non-taxed IRA, a combination of both, uh, whatever it may be, especially in these last few weeks, go ahead and take a look at the number that's there if you'd like to, uh, if you want to put any thought into it or stock into it, I guess, uh, pardon the pun, great. If not, though, your best bet is probably just to leave that money there. Don't even think about it. Don't worry about it because that money is not money for today. That money is money for a couple decades from now. And uh, what it is today is certainly not going to be the value that it is by the when the, when it's time to uh, to take it out and actually start using it. Yeah, certainly so. And, and when you put the money in from your paycheck every few weeks, um, your dollar costs everything. So all you're doing is you're doing is you're buying the stuff lower now that's going to bring your overall average per share price down. You know, there's a, there's another thing that happens with the market being down like this that's a pretty good idea. Um, and that is you do things such as saying, well, do I want to do a Roth conversion? Because I can convert more shares now than I could convert in shares in January at a better price. and It'll save me some taxes based upon the shares I have. You know, for example, if you had XYZ company um, and you had a, uh, uh, you know, had it at uh, $100 a share in January. Well, now if you have to pay the taxes on it to convert it from an IRA to a Roth IRA, you're paying it based on $100 per share. Whereas if it's now $50 per share, you still can convert the 100 shares, 
but it's going to cost you the share price of taxes on it from 100 to 50. You're going to save tax dollars on converting those 100 shares over. And so there's a lot of stuff we're doing with that, just a lot of uh, making some lemonade out of some of the lemons that we have in the marketplace just for future tax planning. And so chat with your financial professional about that, folks. There's some things that we can do uh, to make life better for a few years down the road um, based on what's happening now. And one of the things that uh, that always fascinates me about the market is what happens when there's some certain news story that ends up affecting the price of a certain stock or maybe in some cases affecting the price of an entire sector. And that's kind of what happened yesterday. Actually, it was late in the day. We found out Elon Musk is wanting to back out now of his $44 billion deal to buy Twitter. So, uh, Merle, I'm sure this is something that uh, you may be caught wind of as you were preparing for the show here this morning. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Is there anything to read into that right now for, for maybe the average investor? Well, what's interesting in here is, as I look at this in a couple of different ways, whether Elon Musk buy Twitter or not, I think his point has already been made. And as a result of that, I think he's already changed things within Twitter. So first of all, his whole complaint about Twitter was essentially that um, the stuff that was they were saying they were uh, causing issues with free speech uh, because of how they were doing it. Uh, the other part of it is, is that so many of the stuff that people were looking at weren't real people anymore, and it complaints, and I think all that stuff has been popped up. I mean, there are so many people that have changed and put a spotlight on Twitter that I think it's going to change how their culture is by him even making the offer for Twitter. So I think in that, he almost always, almost already won, um, sort of like we saw with Johnny Depp and uh, and Ms. Hurt, you know, same type of thing. He already won his battle, whether he won any money in court, because it all came out. So with it, the price that he put in there, the $44 billion, the price of Twitter has dropped along with the rest of the technology stock. And as a result of that, um, he, I, I would guess if he is truly going to buy it, he wants a discount. And this becomes a way. You know, part of the way is that Twitter doesn't have the ability to um, prove how many of their um, users are uh, AI or artificial intelligence as robots and how they are actually people that are going back and forth. Well, that makes a difference if I'm a stockholder because um, robots don't pay uh, advertising prices. I want to know how many active, real people, users we have, and I want those people to be paying for advertising dollars, and robots don't. So if they say we keep growing as this many new members on Twitter per month, well, how many of those are real people and how many of those are bots? And they can't tell that data. Well, I think there's something wrong with the company that can't. And so that's Twitter's whole backbone of his argument, saying, you know, these guys don't want to give me information or you're withholding that information. Um, I'm not going to buy the company. So maybe that forces a lower price. Maybe he's going to completely back out no matter what. Uh, but somewhere along the way, I think Twitter's whole, or uh, Elon Musk's whole idea of uh, saying, hey, um, uh, you guys are don't like the information, free speech, you're full of bots, blah, blah, blah. I think he's already won that battle. Yeah, indeed. And I can tell you as somebody who is an active user of Twitter that there are some uh, some safeguards now that have been put in place against bots. You can now see on an account if it is automated and then you can see the account of who is running uh, the automated account. So you do know indeed who to interact with if you want a genuine interaction or if this is just something that uh, that. Uh, is throwing things out there based on some sort of sets of data, metric points, whatever it may be. Uh, obviously, there's a, a lot that goes into that. But 
as you said, hey, this is something that's already brought about change in Twitter. And, you know, from a user's perspective, it might be changed for the good. So that way you do know if somebody who's interacting with you is indeed genuine or if it's just uh, a bot that's looking to stir something up. Right, right, exactly. 8.57 here on this uh, Saturday morning. And uh, Merle, as we kind of wrap things up here, as always, uh, if we've said something on the air that has perked somebody's interest, how do they get in touch with you uh, here in Wausau when you are on business and not uh, on vacation? I will happily be back in Wausau. Um, we'll probably be back there. I'll be in the office on late Monday, but otherwise you can reach us. Our staff is there, certainly. Um, you can reach us Monday in Wausau on 3rd Avenue and Bridge Street. Come on in, kick the tires, grab a cup of coffee, say hello and say hi. You can give us a call locally at 715-849-3600. Outside of the Wausau area at 866-355-5100. Or you can find us online at kelsonassociates.com. Yes, indeed. And, uh, you know, if uh, if somebody is thinking about it, but they're, you know, they're not sure if it's going to be a worthwhile uh, time to uh, invest money with you, uh, I'm sure that first consultation is always free and uh, you're always willing to sit down and chat with somebody about the products that you've got to offer. We certainly are. We just charge a lot of money for the coffee. Oh, okay. Oh, that's, that's that's, that must be really good coffee then. <laughs> it is. Uh, we have it... Uh... We have it flown in by our own Serpas that uh, bring it in from the Himalaya Mountains. Wow. Also a joke. Wow. <laughs> also that, a joke. I'm telling you what, I'm sold right there, and I don't even drink coffee. <laughs> Merle, we always appreciate the time. Uh, next week, we are going to turn you back over to uh, one Tom King. He will be back from uh, Legion Baseball this weekend. But we do, you and I will get the chance to chat one more time before the summer is over. So I'll look forward to uh, talking Sounds with you fantastic. again in August. All right, my friend, so from Milwaukee from us next week. Um, at least I think we're in Milwaukee next week. So uh, uh, we'll see. No, but no camping. Okay. Uh, we get the we get the uh, reserve shows to go see Motley Crue. i got to bring the rock and roll back in my life here a little bit. Why not? So, uh, yeah, you got it. That sounds like a great time. Again, there he goes. He's Merle Kelch, and we are making financial sense here on AM550, FM99.9 WSAU. And, of course, podcasts always available as well at WSAU.com. We'll have this week's show posted uh, in just a matter of minutes here after the uh, after we're done as we get into a Fox News Radio headlines and, of course, your local news coming up next here on AM 550, FM 99.9 WSAU, and as always, streaming live online at WSAU.com as well. Again, we will return you next week to Tom King for Making Financial Sense.